Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, welcome back to the show. I have been dropping several episodes more than just once a week uh, on the on the podcast here. Usually I drop just once once a week on Wednesdays. If you have been around this part of the internet for any length of time, you've followed the podcast, you know that that's usually the day a new episode is dropped each Wednesday, once a week. But I have been adding a few additional ones and I'm going to I'm going to share a little bit about that next week, kind of get into that a little bit this week, but more so in greater depth next week. There is a reason behind that. I don't typically just haphazardly do something for the sake of doing something. I'm not trying to fill up my day with things because that's just not who I am. But anyway, welcome back to the show. I'm really glad that you are here. And I believe that this week's episode is, I don't know, I I really feel the spirit of the Lord on this week's episode. Uh, Not that I haven't in other episodes, but I, I just really feel the like the weight of the Holy Spirit on this the content of this week's episode. Good is often the enemy of God's best. And I really believe that this week's episode, if you really lean into what God has laid on my heart to share in this week's episode, I really believe that like inviting the Holy Spirit to just kind of sit and do some introspection. Again, when I say that, it's not like we're looking under rocks and we're, you know, spiritually speaking, we're looking for something. If the Holy Spirit knows that there's something there, trust him, trust him to do his job. He's really great at being the Holy Spirit. He's really great at being the third person of the Trinity. He doesn't need any help. There's no vacancy sign hanging in heaven. Help wanted, you know, for us to fulfill the the position of the Holy Spirit. He's really great at being the Holy Spirit. And so if there is something from this week's episode or really anything that you are looking at, even in your own personal time with the Lord as you're reading and studying your Bible, or maybe even on Sunday mornings when you're listening to your pastor, whatever, whatever the situation might be, if the Holy Spirit knows that there is something that he wants you to be made aware of so so that together with the Lord, he can bring just some some truth, some freedom, some healing, whatever whatever it is that he knows that you need. Trust him to do that. And when he does that, lean into it. Don't run away from it. Don't stuff it. Don't try to ignore it. Don't try to keep it buried because obviously it's the goodness of the heart of God. He wants the best for you. Not just good, 
He wants the best for you. And if the Holy Spirit is shining his flashlight around in the areas of your heart, my heart, and he's making us aware of things, obviously, number one, obviously the Lord knows that we're ready to walk through that or we're ready to process that. And again, it just really is reflective of God's heart for you and me that I have better for you and I want to set you free from that. And you've partnered with a lie and I want to expose that lie so that I can set you free from the fruit that that lie is bearing in your life because I want you to be a woman who is led by absolute truth. So I want to expose that lie that you are partnering with and replace it with the truth. He can be trusted. He is a good, good father. All right. So this week's episode, good is often the enemy of God's best. So I want to start with just a a little example that may seem a little random, but hang with me because I believe it will be a great lead into what we're going to talk about this week. Have you ever gone out for supper and the restaurant that you are dining out at brings complimentary breadsticks or chips or rolls of some kind prior to your meal? For example, more often than not, a Mexican restaurant will bring chips and salsa for guests to enjoy before their meal. I mean, how many times have we gone out to a Mexican restaurant and they bring us chips and salsa, right? Or if you are my husband, you don't really want the salsa, you want you want the white cheese. And so we, you know, we're familiar with that. We know what that like. Have you ever passed on that offer or at least watched everyone sitting around the table with you enjoy the chips and the salsa or the chips and the white sauce. Not every time, but occasionally I will pass on those appetizers because I want to save my appetite for the chicken fajitas that I always order when I go to the Mexican restaurant. Just a little side note, fun fact about yours truly. I don't like rice. I don't like tortillas. And I do not like refried beans. So I am the gal that goes to a Mexican restaurant and the waiter always kind of looks at me and raises their eyebrows. I, yeah, I don't want the rice. I don't want the beans. I don't want tortillas. Just give me the chicken fajitas. (laughs) So do I got a witness out there? Anybody else that that is you? I just totally explained and defined your dining out experience at the Mexican restaurant. Please someone tell me that I have a friend out there. (laughs) But here's the thing, you know, when when I have times where I have like passed on the chips and the the salsa, you know, the thing is, is once I start eating those, I can't stop. (laughs) It's like, oh, I'll just have one more. I'll have one more. And pretty soon I've helped devour the whole bowl that's there. And then I'm so full. My stomach is so full because I've eaten so many chips and salsa. And this wonderful chicken fajita meal comes that I was really looking forward to when we planned this dining out experience. Only now I'm taking it home in a to-go box because I'm too full to eat it. Or how about this? Have you ever told your child they couldn't have a snack because it was too close to supper? 
Your answer is no, because you know it's going to spoil their meal. It's going to spoil their appetite for, for supper. And you know what? I, I do that with my grandchildren. I don't have any kids at home, but I even do that with my grandchildren. And certainly when Sam was, was still living at home and she was, you know, a small child, of course I said that to her. The appetizer or snacks are good, but lean in. We're moving into the spiritual component here of this week's episode. The meal is the best. The appetizer or snacks are good, but the meal is the best. Ladies, there has been a divine discontent deep within me for several months now. Note I said discontent, not disconnect. I'm very connected to the Lord. I'm very connected to the Holy Spirit. There's no disconnection there. I have I have staples. I have I have staples in my life that that make sure that I stay connected to the Lord. Just those rocks in my schedule in my my daily routine. I have spiritual disciplines in my life that help me to stay connected. So that is not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about a divine discontent. And as I've prayed into this divine discontent, I've been challenged by the Lord to let go of the good so I can lay hold of the best. So this divine discontent, you know, really for me personally, it's a deep longing for more, a deep longing for more, the more of the Lord. I want to go deeper. I want to go further. I want to see the more of his glory in my life. I want to draw closer and have an even more personal relationship with him. And before we go any further, I just want to say, you know, sometimes people will say, wow, you're so close to the Lord and you you have just such a great relationship with him. And I wish I had the kind of relationship that you have with the Lord. I wish I had that. First of all, it didn't just happen overnight. There were a lot of refining moments. There were There's a lot of intentionality, a lot of purpose in the type of relationship that I have with the Lord. And it required me to, um, to really develop some spiritual disciplines in my life that were non-negotiable. And they still are non-negotiable. But here's the thing that I always encourage people. The relationship that people see that I have with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit is not exclusive to me. Anybody can have that kind of relationship with the Lord and with the Holy Spirit because every single one of us are as close to the Lord as we want to be. Let me repeat that. Every single one of us, every single one of us is as close to the Lord and the Holy Spirit that we want to be. We're in control of that. God's not holding out on us. The Bible says, I believe in the book of James, draw unto the Lord and the Lord will draw unto you. You know what? If I want him to draw unto me, I first need to draw unto him. And so this deep longing on the inside of me to have an even more personal relationship with him. I've been serving the Lord and developing this relationship with him for over 30 years. And yet I want more because I believe that there is more. 
The man Abraham, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but there's this man in the Old Testament by the name of Abraham. And he's really been in my thoughts a lot over these past months of divine discontent. His story is found in the book of Genesis. Abraham is also mentioned in the New Testament as the father of the faith, and the book of Hebrews lists him as one of the heroes of faith. Man, if you look at Hebrews chapter 11, and that's like the hall of the heroes of faith. I mean, hello. It, it, I mean, to be to be named as a, as a man or a woman of, of faith, man, I want that to be said of me. I want to hear God say to me, you are a woman of faith, man, to be able to hear those words. I will share more about what the Lord has been teaching me about the life of Abraham next week. But this week, I want us to pull over and park in Genesis chapter 11, as I feel it will be a great message on not settling for good when God has best waiting for you and for me. This chapter records the descendants of Abraham's father, Terah. So that's his name, Terah. It's spelled T. E-R-A-H. So I want to pick this up in Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 27. It's just a few, few verses. This is the genealogy of Terah. Terah begot Abram, who is Abraham. The Lord would eventually change Abraham's name. He was first known as Abram, and then the Lord changes his name to Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Haran begot Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the native land in Ur of the Chaldeans. Then Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai. So we know her as Sarah. Okay, so just like Abraham, you know, he was known as Abram and then the Lord changed his name to Abraham. His wife, Sarah, was originally known as Sarai and the Lord changed her name to Sarah. Um, so finishing with, with verse 29. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren, and she had no child. So that's Abraham's wife, Sarah. She was barren. Verse 31. And Terah took his son, Abram, and his grandson, Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran and dwelt there. Verse 32. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. First of all, can we just say Kawabunga? That guy was old. <laughs> I mean, wow, 205 years old. I mean, can you even imagine? Wow, the longevity of God's people way back in the Old Testament. I mean, wow. Okay, so getting back, <laughs> stay focused, Susan. I want to I want to reread verses 31 and 32 because that's the focus of this episode. Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran 
and dwelt there. Verse 32. So the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Some translations read, verses 31, Together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan, but when they came to Haran, they settled there. That's the New International Version. The New Living Translation reads, He was headed for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Ladies, I hope that you're catching this. I, I hope that you're really beginning to connect some dots here. Tara and his family set out together for the promised land, Canaan. In other words, they had intentions of reaching the promised land. They had that as their dream, their aim, and their purpose. And while they left Ur of the Chaldeans, they stopped midway and they never reached their destination. Here's a really great time to insert this truth that will always serve your faith well and really any other area of your life really well. Good intentions, they will only take us so far. We have to have more than just good intentions. These people settled for something less than what God had planned for them. They settled. They settled for good instead of the best that God had planned for them. When you and I settle for good, we will always miss God's best. So what might this look like for us in our modern day lives? Perhaps settling for how far we've come in our faith, believing we have reached the pinnacle of everything related to faith. And that is a really sad place to be. We never stop reaching higher in our faith. God is always calling us higher. There is always more to grow in. There's always more to learn. There's always more to understand. We never arrive. No one ever reaches the pinnacle of their faith. No one ever, quote unquote, arrives. How about this? Settling for how we have encountered the Lord in previous seasons, believing he isn't doing anything new. In other words, God is always just going to keep repeating the same old things and we don't make room or have an expectancy for, for him to show up and maybe do something new, speak something new, speak something fresh. How about settling for systems and formulas? Because if the spirit of the Lord is going to move, it will only be done in this way. I just want to, I want to pause there. I have a, a few other, few other examples that I want to share, but I just want to pause there because I really believe that we are seeing pockets of revival breaking out in, in the world right now. Yes, here in the States, but really around the world. And oftentimes what happens is we contain the outpouring of God as it relates to revival that it has to look like this because this is what it looked like all of those years ago. Listen, I remember the great outpouring at the Brownsville Revival in June of 1995 and that lasted for a really long time. I 
uh, don't quote me on the length of, of time, I, but it was a long time. Like it was more than just a few months. I want to say that it was even like, I would even say like a few years, maybe even for sure a year, if, if not longer, but like it started on, on Father's Day in June of 1995, this incredible outpouring of, of God's glory and his spirit just fell in that church service. And it like they they were never the same. I mean, they were never the same. We we were leading Tim and I were youth leaders at the time and we rented Greyhound buses and we took our youth group down there and we were down there for like seven to ten days. And I remember waiting in in the line, like parking lot. The parking lot was was really long, like stretched around the corner, and it was just packed out. They had overflow rooms. I mean, the spirit of the living God was moving. And the presence of God was so palpable. People People running to the altar, they couldn't get there fast enough. People were were just surrendering their lives, surrendering addiction. People were being healed. People were being baptized. I mean, it was just this incredible outpouring. Here's the thing. As wonderful as that was, and I remember that just as, as clear as it happened this morning. That's how that's how much it marked my life. Like I mean, here we are in 2023 and that happened in 1995 and I still remember every single detail of it. That tells you something. But here's the thing. When we think about revival and the outpouring of the Lord in these latter days, as the book of Joel tells us he is going to do. Listen, if we think that revival has to look like this or that and we kind of contain that, we are probably going to miss the latter days outpouring of the Holy Spirit and God's God's next big move because we are looking for it to come packaged like that. And oftentimes God is God is is doing something different. He is like revival is breaking out in these in these areas like college campuses and and it's happening in the marketplace and out on the streets and God is doing something different. The church has left the building. Amen. The church has left the building. All right, so let's continue with this with this list here. How about settling for the same old narrative of lack, defeat, or victim because the refining work to be healed and set free takes work, courage, honesty, and intentionality on our part? What about settling for disrespectful behavior from others rather than establishing healthy boundaries? How about settling for any man to marry, believing there are no good men left? So I'm just going to marry this guy because I don't want to go through the rest of my life single. And so I don't know. I'm just going to give up on believing God to bring bring the right man into my life. How about settling for and fill in the blank? How many of us have been settling for something in our lives? I don't know about you, but there has been things in my life that I have settled. And and you know what? God is saying, Susan, and I believe that he is saying this to at least one person listening today, because I don't believe that this, that this episode is just for me. Because like I said earlier, I felt like so strongly the spirit of God on this week's episode. But this settling, like God is saying, Susan, 
You are settling for good when I've got better for you. I've got better for you. Here's the thing, ladies. We become really great at managing good. We become really great at managing good. It becomes our comfort. And because it is so familiar, we actually stop moving forward into the things that God is calling us to. We stop reaching higher in our faith. We stop believing God for more. We stop praying bold and audacious prayers. We stop and let go of audacious uh, and daring faith. We, we stop. Comfort and familiarity, they become our heron. They become our heron. Let me reread what we just what we just read in, in, in Genesis chapter 11. Terah took his son, Abram, and his grandson, Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sarai, his son, Abram's wife, and they went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan, and they came to Haran, and they dwelt there. They set out to go. They set out to go out from Ur of Chaldeans, but when they came to Haran, they settled there. Comfort and familiarity, they become our spiritual Haran. And I believe the Lord is calling to each of us to learn how to manage growth, to manage healing and freedom, because that is your portion. Manage an awakening to our faith, an alignment to biblical truths, and an activation to our God-given potential. There is something great on the inside of you. And so I want to ask you, how about you? Are there areas you know that you've settled? You perhaps started out following the Lord's lead, but then things got hard. Maybe someone expressed their disapproval. Or you have a soul tie to what you're leaving, what God is calling you out of. And when you know, like the grace has lifted from that season, oftentimes we know because you know what? If we try to hang on to something, we try to stay in something, we try to settle because it's what's comfortable and it's what's familiar. And we don't necessarily have the blueprint for what's ahead. That isn't good. We're settling we're settling for something less than what God has for us. And, and when, when the grace has lifted from that past season, but we try to stay there, it becomes really difficult for us to maintain what we were once doing because then we're relying upon our own strength because God's grace has had lifted off of our lives. He's moved on to another season. His grace, his anointing was upon that assignment, but the Lord is moving into, he's lifted it and he's moving into a different area. And we need to, we need to be people who have our eyes opened and awakened in our faith to follow the Lord wherever he might be leading us. So if you've never heard of the of the term soul tie, I just want to kind of explain that a little bit. A soul tie could essentially, let me just kind of give a, a really brief uh, definition before I move into a couple of examples. It's, it's like unhealthy attachment to something. In other words, there's like a partnership with something. For example, someone who is changing jobs or retiring may struggle to adjust to the new because they've been doing that previous job so long, they don't know who they are apart from that position. Soul ties can also be in the areas of our faith. 
things such as a victim mindset. A person just cannot break free from it because it has become their identity. So no matter how a soul tie can be identified in in a person's life, this is why it's really important that we know who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ, because if we are finding our attachment to our identity in anything on this side of heaven, all of those things are subject to change. And if those areas start to change and our identity has been attached to that, man, then we're kind of like a fish out of water. All of a sudden, I don't know who I am apart from that because that's all I've ever known. And then we we start to get discouraged and we start to like disappointed and disillusioned and fear and doubt and, you know, all of these different things. It just is the spiral downward. You may only, as you're looking back, maybe you're realizing, you know what, this is what God is calling me out of. And I recognize through the power of the Holy Spirit, he is showing me areas that I have sort of sat down in. He is showing me my spiritual heron where I have like sat down and I've settled for good instead of moving forward in God's best. You may only see hurt, pain, struggle, lack, unfulfilled promises, or unanswered prayers. Our spiritual heron will keep us stuck. And listen, stuck is not your destiny. Let me repeat that. Our spiritual heron will keep us stuck. And stuck is not my destiny. And stuck is not your destiny. That is not God's best. We're talking about good is often the enemy of God's best. Where in the Bible do you and I find biblical support that God's best is that you and I live as stuck people? It's not there. I've read the book. I read the book multiple times over the past 30 years. It's not in there. It is not in there. Don't allow what you were meant to walk through keep you. Don't allow what you were meant to walk through keep you. Tara and his family, they were meant to walk through. They were meant to walk through Haran. They were on their way, remember? Canaan was the promise. Canaan, the land of promise, the promised land, that was God's best for them. That's what he had planted on the inside of them. That's the place that he was calling them to. But as they were passing through, they settled. They stopped moving forward, letting go of the good. So often we can be found standing along the seashore waiting for God to part that all too familiar sea when he's out paving new roadways. He's out paving paving a, a way through the desert. He's out making a, a new way. He's out, he's out paving new roads, calling us to follow and let go of the comfort and familiar, to let go of the good. I think one of the most courageous prayers that we can pray is this. God, help me let go of any attachment I have to what was and help me trust you. The letting go is doing a deep work in me, and I know it will produce in me more than I can imagine. In the stretching of my faith to let go and let you lead me, help me stay fixed on the prize, the upward call of Jesus Christ, 
Awaken my faith to believe for all you have for me. That is a really courageous prayer. And if we are committed, committed to that kind of faith, that kind of courageous, that kind of audacious faith, that's going to be fuel to keep us from settling for good when God has the best for us. You know, it's interesting that account in the Bible, when you when you look further into the into the story of Abraham, and I don't have time to get into it in great length here. I, I will a little bit next week, but Abraham and Sarah, they were given a promise. They were given a promise that he was gonna be the father of, of many nations. He was gonna have a child that nations would come from him, from Sarah. So that was a promise, like a God-given promise that was planted on the inside of them. Do you know, okay, so as Terah, as his father, Abraham was Terah's son. When you look at Abraham's Abraham's story, the promise was not fulfilled in the land of Haran. Why? Because that was not God's best. The dream came when Abraham obeyed and he packed up his family And he left what was never meant for him to stay and to dwell in. And he kept moving forward in the things of God. That is really powerful right there. And you kind of get into that in chapter 12 of of Genesis. Again, we're going to get into that next week. But I think that so often, you know, when we think about Terah, uh, Abraham's father dying in the land that was not meant for him to dwell in, but he stopped passing through. He decided to settle there. Man, I, you know, he died, of course, a physical death. But spiritually speaking, I wonder how many of our dreams die, the God given promises die in the in between in the place of the letting go of what was and reaching forward to the things that God has for us because it gets hard, because it's uncomfortable, because it's not familiar, because maybe someone expressed their disapproval or there seems to be a delay in the promises and in the prayers being answered. And so we just sort of sit down and settle in a place, spiritually speaking. In other words, we kind of give up you know, we kind of quit. We we stop contending. We stop believing and we just settle for the good. And how many times our God-given dreams die in the good when if we could have just pressed in and we could have like, like really got with the Lord and allowed him to strengthen us and just kept putting one foot in front of the other, like Abraham, the dream would have been fulfilled the dream would have been fulfilled. The promise would have been fulfilled. The prayers would have been answered if we would have just kept moving forward in the things of God. And so I want to encourage you today, if that's you and you feel like, you know what, the Holy Spirit is really pointing this out in me. I'm, I've been settling. I've been settling and I have been tempted to let go of things that the Lord I know placed in me. And I know that the Lord says are for me. People have spoken it over me. People have encouraged me with it. I've even read it in my own personal time through the, the word of God. I believe that that this is something that, that can be for me. But for whatever reason, I just sort of settled and let go. Listen, you can pick up what you dropped and move forward. 
because as long as you are still taking in breath into your lungs and your heart is still beating, God is not finished with you and God is not finished with your life. Pick up what you dropped. Pick up what you what you let go of. Get back up on your feet and move forward and don't settle for good when God has best just ahead for you. All right. I'm championing you forward. I'm believing in you. I'm believing for you. And I believe that God is calling you higher, that God is calling you and stirring on the inside of you to believe him once again. Amen. All right. So next week, next week, I have a pretty big announcement that that I'm Phil released to to share and I'm going to be looking at Genesis chapter 12 and looking at Abraham's story. And then I'm going to share a little bit about what I feel God is laying upon my heart. And so I hope that you'll come back and join me. I would love to connect with you next week as well. But until then, have a great rest of your week and keep going. All right. Keep going. There's best there's best ahead of you, sister. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.